There is a great problem in the world today. There are many quote-unquote Christians who profess to be in Christ and yet are far from the truth. We must examine what is genuine conversion? What does it truly mean for someone to be a believer? Welcome to the Theology For You podcast, where we believe that a right understanding of God's Word is for your good and true worship of God. If you're just joining us, I'm Joey, and I'd love to encourage you to share this with a friend. If we've helped you to grow in your faith and understanding of God in this episode or any other episode, maybe send your friend a text or DM on Instagram all about this podcast. It would mean the world to us if you would share this with the other believers in your life those who want to grow in their faith and understanding of God and his word. This episode is part of a series on evangelism using Will Metzger's book, Tell the Truth as Our Guide. If you don't have this book, I'd highly encourage you to pick up a copy of your own to deepen your understanding of evangelism and your ability to communicate the gospel truthfully and lovingly. You can find a link to buy this book as well as any other books or resources we mention at the link in the description of this episode. It seems in the American church today that there is a lack of thorough understanding of what it truly means to be a Christian. Many people are led through a process that would lead them to believe that they are genuine Christians. Will Metzger points out the situation this way. Complacency in doctrinally orthodox churches regarding both the content of evangelism training and confusion on how to evaluate professions of faith has led to Christians who are self-deceived and to a God who is dishonored. We need to be aware that people are either saved or lost. Will Metzger continues in his book to weaken this radical but scriptural cleavage of mankind by suggesting that there's a third category for people is an attack on the biblical doctrine of regeneration. There is no such thing as being a half-Christian. For instance, being a quote-unquote Christian, but not a spirit-baptized Christian. Being a Christian, but not accepting Christ as Lord. Or being a Christian, but living a life continually characterized by being carnal. That is, spiritual adultery. Just think of the many adjectives, as we just mentioned, that, that try and add to the Christian faith to try and determine whether someone is truly a Christian or not. And yet the term in and of itself should be enough, Christian, because there is no third category. It's either you're saved or you're lost. You're a Christian or you're not. By and large, the American church today has a weak view of what it means to be regenerated, to be converted, to truly be a Christian. So what does it actually mean to become a Christian? Well, one place to start would be to understand those terms. What does it mean to be regenerated? What does it mean to be converted? Well, regeneration is salvation, looking at it through the lens of God's perspective. Regeneration is the instantaneous moment in which someone is transferred from death to life. And conversion is looking from the human perspective. It's the entire process, starting from the first point of someone understanding biblical truth to the point in which they have genuinely become a new believer, which is new birth. They are genuinely a Christian. And it's helpful to understand that this process for some may take an hour when they are first presented with the truths of the gospel and who Christ is. And they, there in that moment, at the, in that hour, they become a believer. And sometimes it may take years or even decades where someone has heard the gospel 
They've heard the truth and maybe even grown up in church, but maybe years before they come to a full understanding of the gospel, where God has moved them from death to life. I think this is what is so helpful in understanding what our role in evangelism is. Again, from our last video, our responsibility is to proclaim the gospel with our lips and our lives, knowing that it's God who's going to work in people's hearts to bring them to faith. And in that perspective, we can see that it's not our job to convert people. It's not our job or our responsibility even to see that people directly come into a relationship with God. Our responsibility is to be faithful to God's word, to share his word faithfully and trust God's timing. It's all about his timetable, not ours. As Will Metzger puts it, God does not work according to our timetable. That should be comforting to us. That should be freeing to us to know that God is the one who is working. God decides when a person becomes a believer, whether it's within the first hour of them hearing the gospel truths or whether it takes years or decades. It's all according to God's timetable, not ours. And this is where there's been a lot of confusion in the church today. Unfortunately, this is where we have to be careful about potentially confusing the first workings of the Holy Spirit in someone's life, where they're beginning to understand the truth of scripture, or they're seeming to adhere to Christian practice and confusing that with the final work of being brought from death to life, the true new birth. Simply because someone has prayed a prayer or they raised their hand in a service or even came forward during an invitation does not mean that they are genuinely converted. This is extremely important. So important that I'm going to say it again in case you missed it. Simply because someone has prayed a prayer or they've raised their hand or even came forward during an invitation does not mean that they're genuinely converted. Martin Lloyd-Jones makes this clear when he says, a man does not become a Christian by making a decision. He is made a Christian by God who marked him out before the foundation of the world and sees to it that he is born again and that he believes in him. We do not want to deceive people into thinking that they are Christians when, in fact, they're not. Again, from Will Metzger in his book, Tell the Truth, he says this, We should be cautious in identifying outwardly favorable reactions with regeneration. Just because people show outward signs of faith, outward signs of what it might look like to be a believer, does not mean that they are genuinely converted. He uses the term inquirer or seeker of a person of this regard. He says these terms are a more lucid and helpful way to denote people who indicate an interest in the gospel. Initially, it's better to say that someone professed faith rather than they became a Christian. Someone is an inquirer. They've professed faith, but maybe they're not actually a genuine believer. We don't want to confuse anyone or deceive anyone into thinking that they are truly in Christ when they're not. Imagine the day when they come before the Lord and Christ proclaims to them that he never knew them and how horrible that situation would be. And to think, if I was the one who proclaimed the truth to them and led them into a position where they are deceived, we should be cautious because people's eternal destiny is at stake. So when thinking about genuine conversion, we must continually go back, continually, that one's trust is in Christ alone. This reality points to the fact that it is the Lord Jesus Christ that saves, not the ability to muster up desire. It keeps us God-focused, recognizing that, that God rescues us by his power. And genuine conversion is being born again. The Bible uses terms such as born of God, becoming a new creation, regenerated, born again, 
born of the Spirit, to describe this reality. And this work of the Holy Spirit results in a new set of desires to follow after Christ. And this will show in a life of growing, even though it may not be perfect, but growing obedience to God, a life of fruitfulness. We can know them by their fruit. And this fruit can be tested by examining oneself under the scriptures. So we can encourage people to go to the scriptures to examine themselves. We are to trust in Christ himself, not a moment in time or a prayer prayed. We're to trust in Christ alone. And when thinking of examining yourself or encouraging others to examining themselves in the scriptures, we have the example of Jesus, who at times was cautious with those who were following him. Jesus would question them to see what they truly believed. One example is Jesus doing this with Nicodemus in John 3. If you remember, Nicodemus is showing signs of faith, but Jesus doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just say, okay, you're a believer or anything like that. No, he continues to help him to understand more fully what new birth is. Not only do we have the example of Jesus encouraging a further investigation of oneself, but we see the command in 2 Corinthians, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. You listening to this, watching this, test yourself. This is biblical. Individually, we should examine ourselves. And, and in our evangelism, we should encourage others to examine themselves. But we shouldn't wallow in our thoughts or encourage anyone to wallow in their thoughts and misery in an unbiblical way. No, this self-inspection is unhelpful. Rather, for those who are inquiring, we bring the pressure of the word of God. We bring the pressure of the scriptures, the Bible upon them and upon ourselves that we might truly see if we are in Christ or not. And that's the loving thing to do. It's unloving to leave others deceived or to lead them into a way in which they think that they're in Christ when in fact they're not. People have to see that God has created us to follow him and to love him. And if we don't live up to those commands, we are disobedient. There are a number of places that we could go to in the Bible to encourage this self-reflection the biblical way. We see this in the Beatitudes, in 1 John and Psalm 51. These are all pictures of true, genuine repentance. And I really encourage you, if you haven't looked at those in a little while, Stop right now. Pause, pause this video. Pause what you're listening to. Check out the Beatitudes. Check out the book of 1 John. Check out Psalm 51. These are pictures of genuine repentance. And these are a model of the whole man, the whole person coming to Christ. The whole person is addressed in all these situations. And this includes the mind, the emotions, the will. And it's absolutely crucial that the whole gospel is presented to the whole person not just a profession of faith where they intellectually come to the truth. No, that's not, a, not enough. Even demons believed the truth about who Christ was, and yet they were not believers, not by a long shot. It's much more than an intellectual coming to a knowledge of the truth. But we're going to cover this and much more as we define what saving faith is in our next episode. If you want to go deeper in your understanding of God and His Word, I want to encourage you to check out our resources at theologyforyou.com. That's theology, F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. I want to thank you if you have rated or reviewed this podcast on Apple iTunes. It's a way to help get this podcast in front of other people who want to grow in their faith and deepen their relationship with God. So thank you for helping other people grow in their faith by rating or reviewing 
this podcast. Looking forward to you joining us in our next episode where we talk about what true faith is and the three aspects of saving faith. Together, let's make God's name famous.